When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Were you outraged at the halftime show oh, last night at the Super Bowl? Seriously, give us a call. 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. If you were what? outraged at I just am getting ready uh, to talk to the people who were outraged by the halftime show last night. Uh, and you can call 651-641-1071, or you can tweet us. I am at my talk, Colleen. Bradley Trainer. Uh, and you can also email us just by going to the My Talk 1071 show page uh, website and then go to our show page and you can email us from there, which is what a couple people have done. And I, we have two differing perspectives. Awesome. Email. I can't see the email, by the way, because I don't have access to okay. email because, of course, technology today has decided that I have no voice. Okay. Well, I want so, to... Make sure that your voice is heard here. Oh, well, thank you. On the you. airwaves. Uh, can I share with you the emails we have gotten? Of course. Okay. Like I said, they're opposed. Can, uh, you, before we do, actually, okay. the reason I, I want to set the stage for oh, yeah, why yeah. we're having this yeah, conversation, yeah. because I don't want this to turn into just, I actually want people to think a little bit more before they, they say things. So here's why I thought we could have this conversation. I noticed surprisingly last night that people a lot of people seemed animated by the level of um body parts and skin that was involved in the halftime show in a way that surprised me yep i did say surprisingly so therefore it was surprising well was that Um, surprising shakira and j-lo both uh grown-ass women who jump around and shake and do things it surprised me because A, it's 2020. B, they are not the first women to like dance around. Um, like, did you watch Madonna? Did you watch Beyonce? Now, admittedly, maybe the same people are complaining. Maybe they also had a problem with Madonna. Maybe they also had a problem with, um, uh, with Beyonce yep. and a number of other people, right? Um, but that surprised me. So I'm like, so what really is that? Like, you know, here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we go deep in the shallow. I mean, we could just open the phone lines and let people spout off and yell at each other. But we kind of do a little bit more than that, where it's like, okay, what is it really that you think is frustrating, right? Because right. um, I didn't feel that way. In fact, I kept thinking the whole time, and we talked a little bit about this in the beginning of the show, how like these are two grown ass women. They're both they look amazing for their age, which yes is superficial, but I'll take it. Uh as somebody who's 44 and facing 45 yeah, in right. the face. They looked great. They're at you know the peak of their careers. And they are women who typically at that age do not have a voice. So I felt like they were just like 
you know, they were knocking them out of the park and it was just such a wonderful thing. And then, and then we had this visual at the very end of it all. After all this speculation that these two women were going to be catty bitches and fight with each other and not give up the stage, not share the stage. Oh, that's a new narrative. Whoa, right? Here you had, it's not new. And in fact, that's why it was so uh, surprising when I saw the two of them together side by side. One was not in front of the other. One was not taller than the other in terms of her placement on the stage. Both of these women were side by side, shaking their ass and making everybody, you know, feel good about the moment. And I thought that is such a, that's like a revolutionary thing you just don't see. So that's when I started to look at social media, began to think, oh, my God, what did I miss? Because a lot of people were real animated about um, their bumping and shaking. Yeah, they weren't excited. Um, and I will tell you, we got two. We did get two emails, uh, one from somebody who liked it, who was outraged at the outrage. Megan said, my outrage is actually with the outrage over the show. God bless JLo and Shakira for, Shakira for their amazing performances, acrobatics, and dancing. I'm around the same age as both of them, 45, and I couldn't do a single thing they do. But you know what? That's A-OK with me. I watched the show with my 7-year-old daughter and 5-year-old son. I sat on the couch without a bra on with my partial denture removed. Hooray for dental <laughs> problems. In my jammies, eating Oreos with my kids. No judgment on my end. And I hope the reciprocal would be the same. Everyone's got to have something to bitch about, right? And then she said, Prince's performance is still my favorite one ever, though. <laughs> then we got this from Kimberly, who said, you guys, how could this have been touted as family appropriate? Come on, man. Zero decorum. Hashtag soft porn. Okay. You know, I, again, I'm, I quit. This is what I would, would ask Kimberly. <sighs> Are you always feeling this? You must, because when I turn on the TV, this was like this was like G-rated compared to the things you'll actually see. Also, I don't know that the Super Bowl has ever been touted as family-friendly entertainment. Well, and I'm going to just borrow a thought from our friend Holly, if I may, Holly, and Yeah. Actually, I probably huh? why don't you actually make your own point so I don't oh. make it for you? Oh, yes. Regarding uh what sporting event we were watching oh, when that sure. broke out? Yeah, we were watching the Super Bowl, a very violent sport where people pummel each other <laughs> on the gridiron and cause irreversible damage to their bodies. And make millions of dollars for it. And that yeah. is considered, quote unquote, family. So I think your point then is, as a man, let me make the point for Would you. Would you mansplain can, can Holly's point? Is that because that. J-Lo is climbing a pole, she was... You know, she she went over the line. Yeah, I just think it's you know, I think if we're going to look at one aspect of it, let's pull back and look at all aspects of it. If we're going to call it if if the assumption is that it is family friendly, let's think about that from all angles. Let's go to the phones uh, because we've got Loretta on the line. Uh, Loretta, what were your feelings about the halftime show? Our phones. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry, Loretto. I thought we were having phone problems. We're good. Go ahead. You thought what? Well, I can kind of say all points. However, I, I think that there is something to be said where there's a envious part. Um, mm. People are envious on a confidence that they have mm. that some people just don't have. Yeah, that's true. So, and And they go out with confidence and... We, as women, I think a lot of times don't support each other. And when you do have a confident woman, 
it's intimidating. Mm. And maybe people just were more intimidated by the fact that, you know, these women are strong, strong women. I think it kind of, um, it's a sucky thing for us is that we can't support, um, I mean, a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm sorry that we had to let Loretta go. Um, we are still kind of having some phone issues. No, I think it's absolutely true. And and I don't want to come across as saying you can't have your opinion and that you must have the that you have the wrong opinion. I just think ask yourself the question, why do you have that opinion? Because to me, the things she just said are totally true. Think about the last time you saw a 50 year old woman being allowed to express her physicality. Mm hmm. And her sensuality. And also, I think of women like, because I've been, look, I've been here for these women for a long time. Uh Gay people have, because when we see somebody who's like doing something in spite of and doing things people tell them they can't do, we, that resonates to, I mean, it resonates to me. So I think of the same thing when Madonna gets criticism from people like she's so old. How does she do that with her wrinkly face? I'm like, that makes you uncomfortable because she is doing something that you're not used to women being allowed to do. And that's why I think, like, if you had a vitriolic, you know, reaction, I would just say, like, where is that really coming from? And I think for some people, to our caller's point, it's probably coming from a level of feeling um, threatened or insecure about whatever was on the stage. I also think it's interesting uh, and uh, we can move on here in just a moment, but I also think it's really interesting that one of the things that people are um, responding to is the feeling of it not being family friendly. Uh, And I guess I don't necessarily understand that because that was dance. What you saw was dance. That is um, actually like a very typical Latin form of dance to Latin women doing very hip forward (laughs) dancing that is very typical culturally typical you may have been uncomfortable with it but it they weren't there they weren't simulating sex they weren't the pole dancing i'm sorry but if it was Cirque du Soleil you'd be fine with it you know it is a it's an act of physicality that we were witnessing and my my children were all in the room and they did have questions about it. My boys were laughing. I think they don't see that kind of booty shaking very often. And I said, please don't laugh, first of all, because I'm trying to appreciate this. But then we had like an educational discussion about different forms of movement. My point is, it's not family friendly if you go, okay, leave the room now. We got to pretend that this didn't just happen. Yeah. There was nothing there that was so outrageously over-sexualized um, outside of what we see on a day-to-day basis. There are so many other things that we could be outraged with. Well, and can I say that this is where, this is, I think, you know, also a truth that this moment points out, which is that we are coming to a place where there are so few moments we can all share and not be divided over that like, it's just become increasingly clear. We can't even have, a halftime show with the Super Bowl because I guarantee you, and some of the people haven't had the chance to say this, but I'm sure somebody would, if you dug a little deeper, you would realize that some of the issues that people had with those two women on stage is what they thought those two women represented from a political standpoint. And that just makes me sad that everything at the end of the day, because of the world that we live in is just going to get boiled down to, even if that's not true, they think it's true. Meaning they think like, Oh, 
J-Lo represents something politically and I can't agree with that. Therefore, I have to poo-poo it. Yeah. And we all do that. And that's just what makes me sad about this moment is that we're all just taking every opportunity to be like, make it about something that's not. We can't have And this was just like two grown ass powerful women, man. Being sexy and beautiful and talented and having fun and enjoying their craft. If it was Adam Levine shaking his pelvis in your face, it you was would last love week it. It, or last year. It was. Yes. Let me come back <laughs> on the Colleen and Bradley show. I do. I do just want to say because I know calls are coming in, and I want people to know it's not that we don't value your calls or want your calls. It's that our phone system is an issue right now. So I want to apologize for people who weren't heard. Yeah, and we let did you ask know. you to call. In yeah, then. that yeah. it wasn't that it was. Yes, Holly. No, I just was waving at them like okay. they could see me. Yes, just saying hi. Yes, hi, people. We I'm, and I apologize. And uh, we please do though. We do actually want to hear what you have to say, so you can feel free to email us when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Uh, Meghan Markle has a new gig. We got to tell you what it is after this on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese is here and she's got all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, friends. It's nice to be with you on this Monday and after the Super Bowl. Hope you had a good time watching. It was a bowl of super. I did enjoy that it was a good game and that it was like interesting until the end. You watched the game? Yeah, I did. People do that? I know. People actually will watch some of the sporting event. How weird. Sometimes they're boring. This one was pretty fun. Um, I do want to talk to you about Jennifer Lopez's Super Bowl 2020 makeup. It took 10 hours to do it. Oh, I didn't want to know that. Why? Because you just wanted it to be like she wakes up like that. Yeah, because she looked so freaking good. Yeah. I just could not stop repeating it. I was watching her and I just kept going, she looks so good. She looks so good. Okay. Also, but like 10 hours, I need to understand this because literally is that hair and makeup alone? Because I'm like, how much makeup do you... I mean, as a person who actually sat in a chair for three hours to look a certain way. Well, I bet her whole body had makeup on it. So her whole body had makeup on. Yeah, I was going to say they must have been doing her toenails. But they were doing like all any any ounce of skin that was exposed was fully coated in something. Oh, and then can you just imagine what that was like getting all that off? The shower. Oh my god! Just watching that that all run down the drain and like half a dozen towels. Yeah, the uh, makeup artist said uh, we started at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning and it continued on and off until she took the stage around 8 p.m. And he said my vibe for this was Versace supermodel the 90s. It was very Peter Lindbergh shoots with the skirt, the leather and the hats and I was like, OMG, this reminds me of Linda Evangelista. It could be Christy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Turlington and all the girls, I wanted to give a nod to that, and that's where the makeup inspiration came from. Okay, can I just can I just say something about that? Yeah. Because you know, for all of the hot takes online about that halftime show, mm-hmm. when you take a step back and you look at all the moving pieces to put that together, first of all, you hear all of that about Insane. just her makeup look, yes. yeah. and then the costuming, and then the engineering of getting everybody where they need to be, and then the set, and then the in it was such a spectacle. Minutes, it was crazy. Yeah. So I just wish that people would chill. Maybe and just appreciate what... I don't know what they have to get so worked up about. I, it. I thought they were have, fabulous. It was fabulous. People have to have something to say about everything. It is though. sort of um, becoming one of those like hosting the Oscars, ho- you know, where it's a thankless job, where it's becoming that you can't win no matter what you do. And I think if you're going to do it wow. as an artist, you have to just completely decide I am not going to read anything. I'm not going to hear anything. And the only thing I'm going to ask a few trusted people that if there's constructive criticism about like my performance in terms of a worker, then yeah. I, you can share that with me. But I don't want to hear about the reviews because I just don't care. And even then, you know, it's done. I I read a quote from Adam Levine that essentially just said, I'm just really happy to not have the pressure of the halftime show. I bet people just don't want to do it ever. It's unbelievable. I think for for J-Lo, at least, you know, she's 50 years old. She is so used to people like loving and hating her at the same time that and she's just. But I will say, too, you know, this is a win-win for her when you think about it, because the criticism that's being lobbed against her is that it was too sexy. That's one of one of the major strains of criticism. Yeah. When you're 50, don't you want to be a major criticism toward you is that you're being too sexy? I'm saying like the criticism, of course, we can break down why it's faulty. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not that she's being a big, you know, like dowdy boob. Like it's that right. she's being too sensual. A fifty-year-old woman is too sensual. I know. That's kind of, you know, which aren't that's we all guys? Place. We're either too mm-hmm. this or we're too that. We're this. Like we're too women, much or we're not enough. Don't I mean, even get me started Hannah. on this. Because let me tell you what will give you a perspective on this. Watch the Taylor Swift documentary. I watched almost all of it. Yeah, and then watch the halftime show, and then pay attention to the uh, the the Twitter buzz about it, and it just sort of. Puts it all in a different file for you. Right. Because it's always about women having, we apparently have to ride this perfect line where we're supposed to be sexy enough, but not too sexy that we would cause someone to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or that we would uh, bring some sort of sexual advance on because, Mm -hmm. I mean, God forbid we do that because then it's our fault. It's Mm -hmm. just like nonstop. Yeah. It's tiring. Work it, J-Lo. (laughs) <laughs> but I will say, as I said this morning, I was watching this and there were a few young boys at the uh, Super Bowl party that I was watching and their eyes were as big as saucers. Oh, for sure. And they were like bootylicious. Yeah. My boys some... were snickering the whole time and laughing and we had to have like an actual sit down conversation about dance and how different areas of the world focus on different parts of the body yes. and their dancing. Good and job, that this Colleen. was actually very... And then they kept laughing and I sent them upstairs. Yeah, that was good. That was a good move. Okay, now because, you know, I just cannot stop talking about this Jessica Simpson book. I can't stop. Won't stop. Don't care. It's tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow. Jessica Simpson, here's what else we're learning from her book called Open Book. Uh, She got back together with John Mayer nine 
times. Whoa. Nine times. I really forgot that they were together for four years. I did too. They felt like a long time. They were constantly breaking up and then reconciling. And she said, we were great at intimacy. We were great at loving each other. That was easy, but the relationship was very complex. It was always on again, off again, on again, off again. And I went back close to nine times. She said this on the Today Show. And then um, one of those times came after the surprise end of her relationship with Tony Romo, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Remember how Jessica Simpson, speaking of football, was widely criticized. And many Dallas Cowboys fans thought that she was ruining the Cowboys Mm-hmm. On it's the field, the that is not because she was taking too much of Tony Romo's time. Anyway, uh, her book. Why was says, I not more mad about that when that was happening? Yeah, I, we were. We, we were mad about it, but now I'm like doubly mad. Oh, I think we were. Um, here's why Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo broke up because the night before her birthday, Tony Romo saw a text come through to Jessica's phone from John Mayer. Mm. She said uh, in the book, Tony confronted me with it immediately. And Tony Romo accused Jessica Simpson of seeing John Mayer behind his back. She says I hadn't cheated on Tony at all, but Tony Romo didn't believe her. And within that second, he broke up with me right there. Then that cleared the way for Jessica to get back together with John Mayer again. Which probably just proved everything to Tony Romo or whatever. He was like, see, I told you. She said I wouldn't be with him because of Tony. And now Tony was gone. I lost my feeling of agency in life once again. And I felt I should just give in and be with John. He had promised forever in my parents' backyard. Who was I to argue? She said the breakups were mostly John Mayer's idea and eventually led to her going to therapy she said sometimes it was out of the blue other times i knew it was coming because my light would start to go dim john loved me when i was shining and he draws strength and inspiration to write from that light he dumped me then come back saying he had discovered he loved me after all i always saw it as him mercifully taking me in from the cold Mm. every time john returned i thought it was a continuation of a love story while my friend saw a guy coming back for sex with some foolish girl she's clearly She's clearly had some therapy. That's exactly what I was just thinking. It's like because you can just hear the growth in her voice. Yeah. Yes, and I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sitting here imagining her like with a pen and paper in her therapist's office, being like, okay, then what do I write? I think because- guys like that though. I think he is a common type of guy, and I think we've all kind of seen that guy that is attracted to you only when you are at your best mm-hmm. and isn't willing to be there when you're at your worst because they're so involved in themselves. John mm-hmm. Mayer, I think is probably one of the most self-involved people on the planet. Oh, I think he's a classic narcissist. 100%. Sure. I totally agree with you. And then that she was thinking constantly. And I think so many women, this is why I love that she's talking about this. Cause I think a lot of women, especially when you're young, you have this idea that you're worth something. If he thinks you're worth something, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Anyway, she says it was after John gave his infamous Playboy interview in 2010 calling her sexual napalm that she finally deleted his info, changed her email address, changed her phone number so she wouldn't go back to him again. Her book comes out a lot. And I bet her friends were like, don't do it, girl, ever again. Thank you, Elizabeth Reese. Hey, we need somebody to play our 30-second pop culture challenge. 651-641-1071. 30 seconds, five pop culture questions. Get them all right. You win a prize on My Talk 1071. It is the Mondayest Monday. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Is Mercury in retrograde? I, you know what? Will you Google that? Because I'm wondering. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trader. 
We're going to give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions. If you get them all right, you'll win a prize. We do it every day at 1230. It's the 30-second pop culture challenge. 30-second pop culture challenge. Who's on the phone today, Colleen? We've got Lisa on the line. And what is Lisa playing for? Lisa is playing for a big fat pair of these. Not just a My Talk 1071 prize pack. Yeah. Don't know what's queen. in it. All right. Sounds well, like fun. That sounds like fun to me. The less you know, the more it could be exciting. That is catchy. All right. Timer will begin after I ask the first question. You ready? Oh. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa's she, ready. She doesn't, she's not eligible. I'm sorry. Lisa, Dua Lisa, are you ready? Mercury is 100%. By the way, it's not. It doesn't go into retrograde until the 16th. So I'm dying right now. Okay. Do you want me to pretend to be Lisa? Um, sure. Yeah, let's okay. do that. Okay. All right. All right. And if and if Bradley gets all, wait, he has the answers in front of him. No, I, I didn't look. I didn't look. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I kind of looked, but I didn't see answers. So okay. I honestly don't know. All right. So Lisa, stay on the line because if Bradley gets all of these correct, you will be a winner. All okay. right. Here we go. The timer will begin, Lisa, after I ask the first question. Harry Styles was a member of what boy band? One Direction. Katy Perry is currently a judge on what reality show competition series? American Idol. Martin Lawrence started starred in what 90s sitcom? Martin. Who performed at the halftime show last night? Um, Shakira and J-Lo. Who is the lead singer for the Rolling Stones? Mick Jagger. Yeah! Lisa, good job. Those were some good questions. Congratulations to Lisa. She did win the 30-second pop culture challenge through Bradley Trainer. Yeah. That was fun. We should do that whenever we have that mishap happen. Sure. Which apparently It'll never happen again. Famous last words. (laughs) All right. And now that uh, we've now that we've gotten all the answers. Can anyone hear me to over those here? those questions. Oh, Lord. Really quickly, let's pull back the curtain very quickly for everybody, because just to give everybody an idea of what we've been through since the show started today. Literally. It's just like, we're a half hour into pew, the pew, show. Pew, 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 pew. Bradley's microphone wasn't working in the first it segment. It just died. Decided to die. It just done. Dunzini. So he moved over to another microphone. Then in the break, we had people crawling under our desks. Oh, also my computer didn't work. Oh yeah. And your computer, I forgot about that. And your computer didn't work. Uh, so then we had to go into another room uh, while they, three of us, while they Holly. worked on the microphones, etc. in this studio, they decided everything was better. So then we came back in here <laughs> we try to do a segment with the phones and the darn phones don't work. <laughs> Literally. It's just the universe trying to get back at us for, uh, I don't know what actually. I'm sure there's a long list, but let's yeah. let's do the fun stuff. Yeah, let's get to that fun stuff. Let's uh let's go solve some mysteries. And we do that in the form of blind items that Holly has brought for us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. Uh celebrity gossip mysteries. They're not affected by technology mishaps. Here we go. Here's our first one. There are going to be some issues in promoting the huge sequel to the hit movie from decades ago. Apparently, the star of the first one, who is a permanent A-list mostly movie actor, does not get along with his A-list actor co-star. Some things were said about the cult, and this Mm. has caused some friction. Top Gun. Tom Cruise. Who's the co-star, the A-list co-star? 
Oh. I don't know. The new co-star? Yes. Is Val Kilmer. No. Um, who's the young one? Who's the young one? James Marsden. I don't know. I, that name just who's, came to my head. There's got to be a young person attached to this film that's like the new Tom Timothy Cruise. Timothy Chalamet. It's Seth Rogen. <laughs> it's Miles Teller. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would have never gotten there. Ooh, that okay, I us, like so you, Miles, in, Miles Teller. Fill in the, the, the blankies, as yeah. we call them. There's going to be some issues in promoting the huge sequel, Top Gun Maverick. Apparently, Tom Cruise does not get along with Miles Teller. And some things were said about Scientology. And apparently this has caused friction between Cruz and Teller. You know, I love how people are um, fight for free speech. Until there's some speech that they uh, don't, don't like here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, one of the criticisms uh, that the, the organization of the Church of Scientology, Google it, is that they are fighting for religious freedom yeah right um but then they don't want people, people to be free to be critical of thank them you. yeah thank you yep hit the nail Blinded by the item. truth bombs here's another celebrity gossip mystery for you to solve colleen bradley this former a minus list reality star from multiple cable reality shows turned selling her body for crack and <gasps> being pimped out for crack what? is now dealing crack. Whoa, that's a lot of crack. Crack kills. It's whack. Okay, wait a minute. I now. don't want to say the name. I'm going to say. So say the name. Paris Hilton. Okay, thank God. I did have a fleeting uh, thought in my head that it might be Paris Hilton too. But I'm glad to know it's not. Not that this will make it any better. You're saying an A-minus list reality star from multiple cable, cable reality. Is it a Kardashian? I can think of three reality series that this person was featured in. Is it? Is her last name a country? No. Okay. Who's that person? Black China. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-mm, mm-mm. A minus list. I would say she's probably more C. You know this person. But A minus list reality. So, yeah, okay. Fine. Um, I'm going to be real honest right now. I'm very distracted because I would like to go to the restroom. (laughs) Are you for real right now? Did you just do that? I am. (laughs) Do you want to go? We'll we'll figure it out, girl. You might have. No, it's fine. I'll make it. I'll make it. Okay. Here's a hint. This person. Oh, my God. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say, please go back to the box office, uh, ask for your money back, yes, and they will give you the price of admission. It's been a doozy already. Okay, okay. So, uh, a minus list reality. Three start. different reality shows that you is, can think of. Is yes. this a cable reality show experience? Yes. <gasps> oh no! Is it a? Is it one of the Real Housewives? No. No. Is it um, Tori Spelling? No. Oh. This person. <laughs> Is famous for being. It's the in- pioneer woman. <laughs> I knew she was a crackhead. I knew it. Don't say so, Martha Stewart. No. Okay, go on. All right. So this person became famous for being in a reality series. They were so popular that they <gasps> received their own reality series. Is this Mama June? Yes. 
Oh, totally believable. Sorry. All right. All right. So Mama June. Mm, so sad. Oh, so Started selling her body for crack and then was being pimped out for crack. And now Mama June is dealing crack. Oh, so awful. Okay. Oh, that one's have, really sad. That has been a long road. No kidding. Ugh. All right. Give me another one. Can you handle okay. it? I, I'm going to have to. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It's, here's your text blind item. It took them about six months, but a trio of people managed to come up with the number of 114. That is the number of animals this former A-plus list reality star has been seen with over the years. Where have they all gone? Most of the 114 were only seen once or twice. Wow. Kim Kardashian? A-plus list reality star. Former. Former A-plus list. They're noted for their love of pets. Paris Hilton. Oh! Oh, interesting. Oh. So, it took them about six months, but a trio of people managed to come up with the number 114. That is the number of animals Paris Hilton has been seen with over the years. Where have they all gone? Most of the 114 were only seen once or twice. 114? I mean, I can think of off the top of my head, like five. And and that, that is just from ever being exposed to her right because she did she always has chihuahuas that she totes around yeah and it's always a different one i bet she puts them to work doing what like she has them making like clothes or something i want to see that There's reality like a little show. chihuahua factory yeah where they're sewing yeah they're i like making this. like handbags designer handbag knockoffs <laughs> When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, I watched the Taylor Swift documentary over the weekend, and it was a crazy weekend. I'm going to tell you what I got from the documentary and then what got to me after I watched the documentary after this on my talk 1071. Okay, so as promised, I sat myself right in front of the boob tube this weekend and I watched Miss Americana. This is the Netflix documentary about Taylor Swift. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Turner. Hi. Okay, so I, as you know, typically am the lone Taylor Swift apologist on this show. Like, I usually am on Team Taylor. I can be critical of her, but I love her music, and I've spent money to go see her in concert, and I love me some Taylor. So on Friday night, we sat down in front of the tube and we watched Miss Americana. Uh, my husband and I did. And I'm, you know what? I'm here to tell you, it'll give you such a different perspective on Taylor Swift. When you see what, how everything that you know happened, happened from her perspective. 
Yeah, I've heard, you know, you're not the first person I actually heard from. Well, I heard from a huge Taylor Swift fan that happens to be friends who was like, I know you're not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I really think you should watch this documentary. And I I have heard from other people who've seen it as well that it really does give you a different view from the one you're maybe used to seeing as regards Ms. Swift. And you know how we've been talking about Jessica Simpson's book that's coming out on tomorrow um, and how it's clear that she's had some work with a therapist to kind of work yeah. through some things. She's got a really good, clear perspective. Yeah. I feel like the same is actually true for Taylor Swift and the way that she's able to take kind of a bird's eye view of who she has been mm-hmm. and how she's processed things. So the whole thing starts with her talking to the camera and saying, you know, I was raised with this belief system. Do the right thing. Do the good thing. Be good. She says this was her moral code. So her entire her entire career started from a place of be the good girl, mm-hmm. make people clap, make them happy, make them uh, applaud for you, make good music, but more importantly, be good and do good. Now, this is not a message that is foreign to women. Um, a lot of women are raised with that sort of like, oh, she's a nice girl, be a good girl. You know, you're such a good girl. You're, you're very quickly programmed to recognize that as, oh, my job is to be the good person, to mm-hmm. be, to be right, mm-hmm. to be is you know to be right is to be good, whatever that means. <clears throat> and she's able to identify that, and then talks about then what happens when that is challenged. And the first time it was challenged, really for her on the global stage, was at that infamous VMA Awards, uh, I believe it was in two thousand nine, yeah. where Kanye West came onto the stage and took the microphone from her while she was accepting her award for best video and said, I'm going to let you finish Taylor, but Beyonce had the best video. And it was interesting hearing her narrate that while you watch it at the same time and, and see her face kind of trying to do the math on what's going on here. And then she's 19 years old Mm -hmm. and she's standing there with that microphone and her moon man And Kanye West leaves the stage and the entire crowd is booing. And she says for somebody who'd been trained to get always get the applause to realize to be booed, but not realize that it's not her that they're booing for. I mean, that was really kind of, I think, what started her trying to kind of unpack the bag Mm -hmm. of who is she and what does it mean to not be to not always make everybody happy? Yeah. Um. It is the most, it is such a fascinating documentary because we always say in Hollywood, nothing is real and everyone smokes. Mm -hmm. You do see the machine that is behind Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. You get a little glimpse of that, but you also see her sitting at the head of the table. Um, You see her being really firm with the people around her about who she is and who she wants to be seen as, but you get a flavor for why she hasn't like what this evolution of Taylor Swift is really about. Yeah. I loved it. Um, and I do highly, like I recommend that everybody watch I think it's it, probably very helpful. Fan or not. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably very helpful to have, you know, her perspective. It sounds like she has taken control of her voice in a way and separated. And, you know, it's interesting because all of these child stars um, at some point in their life have to struggle with figuring out. And we all do this in our own way. It's just that when you're, you know, a pop star, everybody watches you go through that experience. And that has to just be such a unique, you know, you can have empathy for Taylor Swift in the sense that like very few people have to find themselves 
while everybody else is watching, which right. can be an incredibly, you know, scary thing, I'm sure, in many, many ways. So on on that um on that level, this has to be like the first opportunity for her to kind of stand on her own two feet. <clears throat> She's not speaking through, you know, the mediated um, layers of people around her, whether it's her parents, whether it's the company, whether it's publicists, marketers, you know, um, it is a direct to audience experience. Right? right. And that is not a common experience we've had with Taylor Swift or a lot of other celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because I had assumed that it would be more like Beyonce's documentary that she put out on um homecoming that she put out on netflix where it really was like her own video diary this really there was a perspective to this you got a more intimate look at taylor swift she was very honest and blunt in it about her experience in the entertainment industry and what she sees happening next you also see a lot of the songwriting process which is super fascinating yeah but what ended up happening is so i felt like super empowered i was Super excited uh, about the fact that my daughter loves Taylor Swift, you know, I'm like, this is so great. So I go to Twitter as we do and I tweet the following. I tweet Taylor Swift is the hero that my daughter needs and deserves. And do you know what happened? What? All of the Swifties. I didn't even tag Taylor Swift. I just was like having a moment, wrote it on Twitter. All of the Swifties. Landed on that tweet. Yeah. And, and what blew it up? Blew it. The, you know what? That's up. awesome. It was crazy. There, it, that, that army. I mean, she's right. She does really rely on her fan base to support her and pull her through. And they do. I yeah. mean, they're not all. Some of the Swifties <laughs> were real. Some of them, I'm pretty sure, are bots. But it was bonkers yeah. to watch this happen in real time. I mean, uh, you know, uh, none of that. I uh, the whole story that she's telling this doesn't surprise me. the The problem that I have, and and what remains to be seen, when insofar as Taylor Swift is concerned, is what is she going to do with this voice? Like, I want to know the things um, behind the scenes that you're not seeing, because again, you're only seeing what she wants you to see, right? right? The rules apply to Taylor Swift just and as much as you like it. It's like with any of the celebrities that we love. We have right. to ask ourselves, why do we love this? Why is this speaking to me? Mm-hmm. And what is it that's speaking to me? And who is it that's speaking to me? And insofar as Taylor <laughs> Swift is concerned, I'm curious, like, who's speaking to her? Where is she getting this, you know... Yes, I I don't doubt that she's having realizations, but I want to know, like, who are the people having who are the women behind her that are having these conversations with her? Um, Not because they're telling her what to think or anything, but that she is actually interested in and motivated by. And then more importantly, like, what is she going to do with it? Yeah, because she is still a machine and that machine sells people an idea and people literally pay out of their pocket not because she's a good person, but because she represents something that they want to identify with. Yeah. And that's a very powerful thing. And one, I don't care how altruistic you are. That's also a very dangerous power. And one that, you know, whether it's Oprah Winfrey or, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like with great uh, responsibility, power, becomes, power yeah. with great something comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, it remains to be seen what she's going to do with that power. Yeah. So I will say, I, I think she's quite aware of it and she does not take it for granted. <laughs> um, but I agree with you. I want to know what's going to happen next. Well, I know what's going to happen next here on the Colleen and Bradley show. We got to go back to that uh, halftime oh, show last night. So much outrage. Uh, if you were outraged, 651 six, 